You're listening to a podcast of Furious Morality. Welcome to a podcast of Spurious Morality. Uh, we have all just watched The Power of the Doctor, uh, so we are recording this nice and quick so that we can have it online for our usual Monday release date. Uh, I'm Johnston, and with me I have Jimmy. Hello. And I have Connor. Hello. And uh, I think it's fair to say that we've all we've all generally enjoyed it, haven't we? Um, so I'm just going to sort of warn everybody about spoilers. Uh, we're going to be talking about The Power of the Doctor, which at the time of recording is very, very recent. And it's very possible that some people may not have seen it yet. So please, please, please do see it before you hear this. Don't spoil yourself because there's an awful lot to talk about um, that we will be talking about that could be spoilers. So yeah. Um, so first of all, let's let's just get your initial thoughts on it. Jimmy, you go first. I've really loved this episode. I have a few little quibbles and nitpicks here and there, but basically, you know, it was 99% brilliant. Like nothing would stop it. Nothing so bad would put it down a point. It would easily be a 10 out of 10, even with... It's few and minor faults. I, yeah, absolutely loved it. And um, what about you, Connor? Yeah, again, I think if I really looked hard for faults, I'd probably find them. But I don't want to. It wouldn't be fair on it because I had such a brilliant time. I had such an absolute blast watching it. Um, I actually watched it again this morning just before we recorded and giggled the whole way through. It is. It was It was just brilliant. I loved it. Yeah, it, it was an awful lot of fun. Um I'd say actually the only thing that kind of let it down for me was the actual sort of story. It was a little bit too all over the place and that sort of thing. But it's not an episode that was made for the story. It's an episode that was made to sort of celebrate uh, Doctor Who and its sort of legacy. And I think it did that just incredibly well. I think every sort of decision in terms of talking about the past bringing in characters or things from the past i think it was just perfectly executed i think they did that really well um it's it's really it's the sort of 21st century equivalent of the five doctors it's forget everything else it's just a party and i think that's uh it succeeded hugely in that sense um so let's talk about what we think it did the best so 
what what was the sort of best part of it the highlight of it for you what did you enjoy the most uh, jimmy you go first for me it was just the celebration of the show's history that the 50th anniversary should have been the 50th anniversary was a good story but it basically ignored all of classic who and this time we got the celebration of classic who we deserved we got a huge and brilliant role for both tegan and ace and we got little bits parts for most of the classic doctors and slightly bigger parts for five in his scene with Tegan and seven in his with Ace. And so it just felt like the celebration we missed out on back then. And I did like that story back then, but this just for me personally blows it out of the water. And I think it did a really good job of, you know, showcasing the show's history and showing how good it was to a more modern audience. And for me, Ace, and her little meeting with Seven, but all her other stuff was the best part. I mean, other than Hartnell, Seven and Sylvester McCoy is my next favourite Doctor and Ace is my favourite companion from outside of the Hartnell era. So I was always going to love this. I was always going to love having them back. Yeah, it was, it was it was something really special to not only have a couple of cameos, and I was slightly concerned you know, when we saw the original trailer and so on that, it was going to be kind of, oh, Ace and Tegan are back for a scene. That's great. But no, they, they were there for the full episode. It was a huge part of it, an essential part of it. And um, I particularly like the fact that there were loads and loads of cameos after that. It didn't just stop at Tegan and Ace. There was all sorts going on. And as you say, they both got those absolutely beautiful moments with their doctors, uh, which was And of course, fantastic. as a as a big first Doctor fan, even though it was such a brief and tiny thing, seeing Ian Chesterton back was just amazing. That absolutely was so beautiful. And I'm so glad he got the chance to do it. That really just made my day. It was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I, I was at a, um, a sort of like a little mini watching party for it and turned around just sort of asked everyone else, like, so, so how old's William Russell now? I think we all decided he was 97. Just 98, I think. 98. Just absolutely phenomenal to see him, um, to see him in Doctor Who still. And apparently Guinness World Records are actually looking to see if there's a record there in terms of the longest amount of time between playing a character on screen. Um, and it, it's got to be. He thoroughly deserves it. It's got to be. Uh, Connor, what about you? What were your sort of highlights? It's it's so hard to pick a favourite moment or even favourite moments out of the whole episode. Um, again, I, I really, as, as Jimmy said, I loved how well the classic era elements were implemented into it um, and done in such a an emotionally gratifying way. Um, you know, that we have two companions in Tegan and Ace who didn't really get closure on screen. I know there's been a lot of, um, you know, extended universe or spin-off media, but it's never really been done. It was never really done on screen. And we got that last night where they got, you know, they, they got to come back in the first instance, they got to meet their old doctors again and, and have a conversation, you know, like a last conversation with each of them and, and, two really really beautiful moments um and a, a absolute joy to see janet fielding and sophie aldred playing their roles again um i think it's maybe um, 
I think as as an as an episode as a whole, I think it's probably more a celebration of Doctor Who and its history, which is what it was intended to be. Um, you know, Chris Chibnall said, "Oh, it is a celebration of Doctor Who and its history and its place within the BBC." Um, which is great, and I loved it. Uh, but I can maybe see it appealing more, you know, to somebody like me who does, you know, love the entire history of Doctor Who, um, warts and all, than someone who's maybe more a fan of the Thirteenth Doctor's era, um, more specifically. But as I said, I, you know, I had such a brilliant time watching it. I loved it start to finish. Um, I cannot, you know, complain about that at all. Um, yeah. That's it's just the way it all all the different elements came together and worked so well together. I think I would say was really happy about. I think it's very fair to call it a celebration of classic Doctor Who. Um, there was no new Who stuff in there at all, apart from Graham. Um, there's certainly and nothing. Oh, and Kate, of course, yes. Recurring character, yeah, Kate's a recurring character though. She she pops up all the time. Um, well, no, there was there was nothing from previous New Who eras in there, apart from perhaps the very last few seconds. Um, but again, that doesn't count. Uh, but you know, there was it was very much the classic Doctors. It was classic companions. Um, so it, it's. It does feel like it's making up for, as Jimmy said earlier, you know, something that maybe was missing from the 50th. Um, I quite liked what we got for the 50th, actually. I thought the Day of the Doctor was absolutely brilliant, and I did enjoy the Fireish Doctor's reboot. You know, it gave them something to do. We saw them on screen. Uh, there was the Night of the Doctor, which was absolutely brilliant. Uh, but, yeah, this this um, it, it was very much a a classic Doctor Who celebration, and I, I did appreciate that. I, you know, I'd have uh, perhaps suggested in the past that it couldn't be done, and I'm kind of glad I've been proved wrong on that one. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just thought the whole celebration thing. I thought it did really well. I thought it did a really good job of incorporating all the Doctor's old companions, all that kind of thing. Um, it's it's as I've said more than I would ever have expected. Um, so, as we've mentioned, Tegan and Ace came back uh, and they got beautiful, absolutely beautiful moments with their past doctors, with their you know original doctors, or their main doctors, I suppose. Um, and it, it's just been fantastic to see these two characters again. I, I think that there were good choices. There were really good choices of characters to come back. Um, so do, do you want to just talk a little bit more about Tegan and Ace, Jimmy? Go ahead. I think for Tegan, I loved her return more than I expected to because she's not one of my favourite classic companions. I like her well enough, but she's, yeah, not, not up the top for me. But this special really handled her well, and I liked to hear a lot more than I did in her own time on Doctor Who, actually, I think, and especially her scene with the fifth Doctor. That was just brilliant. And, you know, the Cybermen are coming and obviously they're thinking about Adric, but I never expected him to get a name drop in New Who. And when that happened, it was just really powerful, like makes you sad for him all over again. And so, yeah, her part in the story was definitely something I enjoyed a heck of a lot more than I ever expected to. So that was a nice surprise. But, yeah, as a huge Seven and Ace fan, 
she just blew me away, this story. She, it, it was simultaneously like she'd never been away and also like you could see all the progress and change she's made over the years. And I think from both sides it was handled very well. And her scene with the seventh Doctor was just so emotional when she's talking about, oh, so it's okay for me to blow up things when you want. And he's like, it's never okay to blow things up. And it's because she's, it's been handled inconsistently over the years. Like, I mean, obviously in her time in the show, it was all for it. Then the extended universe, you know, took it a bit far and, you know, made a, a gun-toting face soldier in the new adventures and so on. And so it felt nice that they actually sort of acknowledged that it was different than it would have been today, but that, you know, she did what was needed. And I think it was just such a powerful scene between them and especially it, it just really captured their dynamic, the almost sort of father-daughter dynamic. And that was something I always loved about them. They, I think most doctors and most companions you can see working just as well or nearly as well if you swapped them around with someone else. But to me, the seventh Doctor and Ace is just like inseparable. It's like Barbara and Ian in the first Doctor's era. These two just sort of belong together and it's great to see them together again. And, I mean, I loved Ace meeting 13, but that little scene with Seven was the best part of the story for me. I think you could probably argue, actually, that there's no no companion so closely uh, attached to their Doctor as Ace and Seven. Okay, maybe with Janie and the Second Doctor or even Yaz and the Thirteenth Doctor, but I just think there's the relationship between the Seventh Doctor and Ace. It does constantly change as characters. They both sort of greatly evolve and... They play games with each other as well, I think. I think Ace doesn't get enough credit for sort of how clever she is and how manipulative she can be. Um, I particularly like in the the Big Finish um, audios with Hex, how she's kind of the older sister, the seasoned time traveller, and Hex is the slightly naive younger brother. So I really do like how Seven and Ace's relationship just kind of they both develop in parallel uh, because of each other. And I think that um, even though they don't share every single story ever together, I don't think really that relationship ever comes to an end, which is something that Power of the Doctor absolutely played up on really, really well. And I think, like you were saying about um, Hex, he almost feels at times like he's Ace's companion and she's his doctor. It's just shows so well how the doctor has helped her grow and change and sort of ties into that ending she never got that was maybe planned for the series of her becoming a time lord like she does sort of get that in some of the audios but she it wasn't really about becoming a time lord it was about becoming a sort of successor to the doctor like when you see her at the end of survival in his hat and holding his umbrella before she realizes he's survived and I think she does such a good job of it, especially with Hex. Like you said, their dynam- the dynamic of that trio is probably my favourite TARDIS team outside of the first Doctor era. I just love the three of them together. Yeah, they're absolutely brilliant. They're, they really are one of the great TARDIS teams. Um, and it's, like I say, that relationship between Seven and Ace that just that drives it. Uh, Connor, what a sort of Tegan and Ace's return. What are your thoughts? Um. I was really, really happy when the trailer uh, came out at the end of Legend of the Sea Devils and I saw those two in particular back because they are genuinely two of my favourite companions. 
Um, as far as Tegan goes, I think one of my favourite things in Doctor Who is her relationship and the dynamic that she has with the Fifth Doctor. Certainly, maybe more throughout their big finish work. Um, there's a, a scene I always think of when I think of those two from Ghost Walk. Um, I'll not spoil it for anyone because it's it's an absolute blinder to go into you know, unspoiled, but if you've heard it, you'll maybe know the one I'm talking about where they sort of go over their friendship in a, in a more honest way than they usually do. Cause there's usually an awful lot of bickering and, and, and fighting between them. That scene nailed them as characters that had them hands down. And I was delighted to get a version of it on screen last night with the two of them and when when Peter Davison popped up, I know he had already been in the regeneration limbo. When he popped up in costume as the as the hologram with Tegan, I actually gasped. I was so happy to see those two together again, and for them to get a scene together, um, and for it to to work so brilliantly, um. So whenever it came round to Ace standing on her own in the volcano tunnel, as you sort of expect you're going to get Sylvester McCoy. And it happens. And again, it's absolutely brilliant. It gives the two of them the closure that they really needed, I think. I know there have been, you know, Extended Universe has done an awful lot with them. And Big Finish has done a lot with them. And the novels did an awful lot with them. But nothing that I have read or heard um, has ever accomplished what that scene did last night. Um, with the two of them, which was to give them a, a sort of final end, a final closure, where they acknowledge that they've had their differences, they acknowledge that um, things haven't worked out perfectly between them, but they're all right. They're still, you know, they they almost sort of forgive each other and and uh, move on, or not move on, but conclude maybe, and to have that actually play out. On screen with Sylvester McCoy and Sophie Aldred was absolutely brilliant. Um, loved it so much. Um, long overdue return, I think, for Sophie Aldred. I think out of all the classic companions, aside from you know Sarah Jane and Joe, who we have, you know, who we did get um, on screen previously, I think Ace bound to be one of the most obvious candidates for who should we bring back. And I'm shocked that it took this long. So glad to see her again. Yeah, it's such a great character, and it's you know it has been great to get so many big finishes with Ace, but to just see Ace on screen again, that's that was fantastic. That was something special, um, and yeah, I, it does sort of give the Seventh Doctor and Ace some closure that just we haven't really seen anywhere at all. Every single bit of expanded universe tends to end with Ace being grumpy at him. Uh, you know, we've had older Ace at Big Finish in uh, Dark Universe. It was a relatively modern day Ace. And we'll talk about canon and stuff like that later. But um, Dark Universe ends with Ace turning around to the Doctor and going, oh, you've been playing games again, haven't you? You haven't stopped. I hate you. I'm wandering off. Um, and it, it just seems to demonstrate that that relationship hasn't changed and is still very antagonistic. So yeah, absolutely great to get that bit of closure. Um, it's, I mean, it's wrapped up a lot. It has wrapped up an awful lot. Um, this episode has, um, 
and it did it very, very well. And I do think that both of those companions with their with their doctor's scenes, I do think both of those scenes were some of the best writing we've had from Chibnall at all in Doctor Who. They were just pitched absolutely perfectly. Just absolutely wonderful scenes. Let's talk about the bad guys, because there were a lot of them. We had the Master and the Daleks and the Cybermen, um, which is a bit over the top, maybe. Uh, personally, I'd have liked to have lost at least one of those. Um, I could have seen the episode happening without Daleks and absolutely nothing changed, but this is the big Doctor Who celebration. Of course, Daleks have got to be in it. Um, the Master's plan was suitably bonkers. This is quite definitely the same character that was dressing up in time flight and turning the entire world into him in um, the end of time. So this was proper good bonkers over the top master and I really enjoyed that. Uh, so the master and the Daleks and the Cybermen. Uh, talk to us about them, Jimmy. Well, to start with the master, I think this was a brilliant episode for him, for Sasha Dewan. His portrayal was amazing and Actually, before he was cast as the Master, I'd actually at one time hoped to see him as the Doctor and to see him as this sort of dark alternate Doctor was such a nice and surprising twist. And, it, yeah, it was just really great. And I loved his becoming of Rasputin and how it didn't sort of really make sense that he was back in 1916 and what, what was the plan there. It didn't really tie into the rest, but it gave him the excuse to be Rasputin and to put on the Rasputin song and dance like a maniac and the Daleks and Cybermen looking at each other like, what the hell is he thinking? And I just loved it. It was so, so brilliant. He really dark, really funny at the same time. He was at his best. I think it was brilliant. Um, so moving on to the Daleks, I think the one fault I had with them was, they didn't really explain how or why the one Dalek rebel came to rebel and it wasn't really clear whether he was genuinely rebelling or whether he was just a trap to get the Doctor into his case. It sort of seemed like it could have gone either way and it was a bit unclear and inconsistent which way was meant to be the right one. So that was the one minor fault with them, but I think they mostly were, yeah, brilliant as ever. For the Cybermen, I think... I never liked the Cyber Masters, they've got Time Lords in them and can regenerate thing, but I think this episode handled it better than the one where they were introduced. I think the one fault with Cybermen was they didn't really make much of a shard. I mean, you saw the promo pictures, you saw he was coming back, but then the whole story, he was just acting like a generic Cyberman. He'd lost all, I mean, the Cybermen don't really have a personality, but he was distinct. And in this episode, he wasn't. And so I think it was a bit of waste of him. I think they should have just had just the generic Cybermen and not brought back him if they weren't going to have him still be an individual and unique character. So, yeah, Ashard was slightly wasted, unfortunately, but the rest of the Cybermen were on fine form. And, yeah, I'm, I still don't like the uh, Cyber Time Lord thing, but, as I said, it handled it better here than the first time round. So at least that was something. I really, really like the um, the Cyberman design that was not the Cyber Master Lords, whatever they are, uh, but just like the the Battle Cybermen that were introduced in um, well in the same two parter as the Cyber Lords. 
Cyber Masters. That design was great. I much preferred it to um, the two. And it, yeah, it looks absolutely brilliant and did work really well as they were sort of marauding Unit HQ. Um, so it's I'm glad that's got another outing. And I do hope we see a bit more. I like yeah, chunkier Cybermen. Chunkier Cybermen look better. Um, as far as the Daleks and the Cybermen go, I'm glad they were there. I, I love the two of them as villains. They're very obviously just in this as, as as foot soldiers for the Master. They're not there in their own right as villains. They're not the lead villains. I'm happy to see them there, and it's fun. Um, the Cybermen, possibly my favourite, maybe since the um, Series 10 finale. Um, because you have certainly the bits in Unity HQ where they're this great big unstoppable force working the way up the building and you have a shad who is a brilliant design um and he's sort of divorced from his previous appearance in this where he's he's the he's a stand-in for the cyber leader here he's just this um i suppose the word is maybe iconic or 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 you can recognize that he's the leader um he has a little bit more character and he gets to be sort of quite vicious and brutal. That scene where he sort of marches through, demolishes the unit troops on the way to, on his way through to the master cell. And um, there's a bit where he has one of them held up against a wall, and he's blasting a load of others. That was brilliant. Um, the Daleks. I'm, I'm a pathetic Doctor Who fan. I'm always happy to see the Daleks, um, and that's really the capacity they're there in in this story with the master. I have somewhat mixed feelings in that this era's take on him maybe isn't my favourite, but I do see it as entirely in keeping with the character. Um, in this episode in particular, he's absolutely he's, he's completely lost it. He's utterly cracked. He's snapped totally, um, which makes perfect sense after the way you know his last appearance ended with the Timeless Children, where he has discovered that the Doctor is. The foundation that he, as the master, is built on. He, you know, everything that is special about the master has come from the doctor in his mind, and that's awful to him. You know, that's the point of the timeless children is that the master cannot bear this. Um. So of course, his plan in this that is that he's going to become the doctor. He wants to be the doctor. He wants to be the thing that Gallifrey and Time Lords, or Gallifrey and the Time Lords. You know, all of Time Lord history has been built on. Um, so I, I do see this as entirely in keeping with him, even if it's not my favourite take. Um, and Sasha Dewan puts in a fantastic performance, you know, commits to it completely, finds amazing things to do and act when he's there playing the master. So, yeah, props to him. I would love to see him back again in future. Yeah, he's been a great master, and we know he's already signed up to Big Finish. We know that that's coming, so that is very excellent. Um, it's I, I I did like it. I know I said before that it could have done without the Daleks on a story level, but as I've also said already, we're not here for the story. It's not a it's not a come for the story kind of episode. It, it's it, it is a celebration. It is the five Doctors, and even the five Doctors crammed a Dalek in when it didn't really need to and it worked um, and it did work here as well um, so yeah all good um, old doctors 
let's talk about old doctors because there were quite a few of them. Uh, we've already mentioned the absolutely beautiful scenes with the fifth doctor and Tegan and the seventh doctor and Ace. I really like the way that was pulled off kind of as a, a hologram that visited companions to help them out because the doctor had supposedly died. Um, I really like the way that was done. But the other way we got to see doctors was kind of a, a post-regeneration limbo in the doctor's mind. There was something very Zagreus about this. It kind of took the concept and ran with it in a similar way. Um, but it gave us an opportunity to see quite a few past doctors. Um, and again, it was done really, really well. So talk to me about past doctors, Jimmy. I just loved that they got the opportunity to appear at last. I mean, I was so disappointed in the 50th that, I mean, even if there'd been no classic doctors in it, I would have been disappointed. But when they brought back just Tom and gave him all those lines about, oh, only the most special faces get revisited, it felt like a real slap in the face to all the other classic doctors. And so this time round, we get all of them and we don't get him. It sort of felt like balance being restored in the universe almost. It was just... I'd missed them so much last time and to finally see them get that opportunity and just, you know how happy they must have been off screen. Like you remember the five-ish doctors and how, how upset they were not to be involved for real in the show and just seeing them, even though it was such a small scene and such a small part of the episode, like it meant so much. It was just such a powerful moment that they were there and it was just absolutely heartwarming. I loved it. I was so happy, not just for the characters, but for the actors. It was just such an overwhelming joy. I I really loved their return. I'm so happy. It was just, it was very well done. It was a great little scene. And it's, you know, finally, um, these actors do all have a, a new Who credit. You can go on IMDb and there they'll be. And uh, that alone just makes it worth it. But yeah, the way it was done, just absolutely brilliant way of handling it. Connor, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I was delighted. Um, uh, perfect way to use them, I think, where it wasn't your traditional multi-doctor story where, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, old doctors turning up to, you know, sort of team up against a big threat. It's they're there to sort of guide their future self and to guide, you know, the, thir the 13th doctor um, in a time of, of, of crisis, really. I make no secret of the fact that I am a massive eighth doctor fan. So getting to see Paul McGann back in proper costume as the doctor um, and, and, just get to be on screen. It's actually his first time on screen in the Doctor Who's the series itself. Um, you know, sort of if you do if you discount the TV movie as a special thing and and um, uh, Night of the Doctor, it was you know it was an online thing. So it's his first time in Doctor Who the series itself. Um, loved that. Loved the little bit of squabbling he had with um, Sylvester McCoy. Um, delighted for Colin Baker. Um, finally getting to come back as the sixth doctor. Um, he was such a staunch, uh, sorry, sorry, such a, you know, staunch supporter and such a really, really, um, uh, he was a really vocal proponent of Jodie Whittaker when she was announced. And he was so, you know, happy that there was finally a female doctor. So I'm 
quite delighted that he's there at the very end, sort of to send her off. Um, and it now means that we've had all the all the classic surviving Doctors have at some point or another appeared in the revival series. So, yeah, delighted. Was over the moon when they turned up. Just brilliant. I keep saying that word, brilliant, um, which, which is just my overriding feeling of the whole special. And of course, Paul McGann has now appeared in three televised episodes of Doctor Who, which is slightly unbelievable. Um, they're all regeneration stories as well. Yes. So we need a an eighth Doctor spin-off series. It's got to happen. Yes. Now. It's definitely got to happen now. I, I've said this before, I still wish that the 60th anniversary was a special each with different Doctors, that you'd maybe have one with Joe Martin, one with Paul, one with David Tennant and Catherine Tate, and then finish with Shudy Gatwa. Oh, that'd be fantastic. But uh, no, I don't want an episode. I want a series. I want a full Paul McGann, something maybe in line with the uh, Big Finish Time War uh, stories or something like that. It'd just be great. It'd be great to just see him properly get to be the doctor it it did feel a little bit like whenever he appeared in costume it was like they're saying he still looks like the doctor he still could do it come on yeah and it's a great costume it's i mean it was the same costume as night of the doctor wasn't it um and it it just yeah it's it's absolutely great and they they definitely need to give him a bit more screen time um, but he's, is, it, is it 11 episodes off doing more than Eccleston now? We can do that. <laughs> we can manage that. <laughs> um, you know, 30 years later, but we can do it. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it, it was so good. To, I mean, especially to get McGann in there. They could very easily have done it without him. And outside of this podcast there wouldn't have been too much backlash i don't think but no that it, it really did make it having him there and stubbornly keeping him in his own costume it was brilliantly done uh, thoroughly enjoyed it um so the other sort of or the other another big scene was the kind of the companions support group type thing at the end where former companions of the doctor met up and sort of shared their adventures and I love that idea I'm surprised that hasn't kind of been played with before um really really well done scene it was an opportunity to just give us a few more cameos um we're going to we're going to talk about Canavan a little bit more in a bit but it has sort of added one new thing that we didn't have before which is in 2022 Mel is on earth and uh, last time on TV, Doctor Who, she disappeared to fly around space in the future with Glitz. So it's it's given us a little bit of Mel closure as well. I know that there's an ongoing big finish arc that we've not quite had the end of there. But So yeah, Mel Bush is back on Earth. Um, we also saw Ian. We also saw Joe. And it, it was just a great little scene, really well done, really nicely included right at the end as well, sort of in the build up to the regeneration. And it, it's, I guess it's a big comment, you know, this is the Doctor's legacy, which is, you know, a big thing about uh, what the episode was talking about and its theme and that kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, talk to me about that, that scene, Jimmy. 
it was so nice to see the companions. I mean, I'd, I'd heard rumours that there'd be more than just Ace and Tegan, but I wasn't sure whether to believe them or not. And then to see Ian was just so brilliant as a first Doctor fan. I mean, it, I mean, 50-something, 57 years since he'd left the show and he's still, he's still there, he's still Ian. It's just so moving. And the others were all great too. Lovely to see Joe as always. I loved her return back in the Sarah Jane Adventures days and so good that she's still keeping involved. And, yeah, nice surprise about Mel being back on Earth because um, I'm a bit behind with her audios because I sort of didn't like the direction they took Ace. And so I, I haven't heard the latest, but I do believe she is still travelling with the Doctor and hasn't left yet. So at least now, um, I guess now we know where she ends up. So Big Finish will have to tie in. So I wonder whether we'll see that anytime soon. But, yeah, it was just so good to see so many of them and, just the idea that they're having more meetings and that more of them could be coming along. I, I'm definitely imagining that um, Barbara was parking the car and came in as soon as the um, cameras were off. I hate to think of Ian missing her. I love to think she's still alive. I mean, obviously not the intention, but a guy can dream. And yeah, it's just so good seeing them get that opportunity to share their adventures and just the idea of it sharing it with the other companions that weren't there. It's, yeah, just a beautiful little scene. It was so quick, but so powerful for me. And uh, as we said before, um, I think Guinness World Records are actually checking to see if uh, William Russell should get the the biggest return after so long. That would record. be so good. He deserves it. Um, which I, I think it's sort of you know the, the biggest gap in between playing a role that sort of thing. Um, apparently, according to Twitter, they are looking into that. I think that's great. That would be brilliant if uh, if this episode sort of achieved that. Uh, Connor, what what are your thoughts on that scene? It was just another lovely little surprise at the end. Um, I love that you could hear Joe laughing about thirty seconds before she appears on screen. Um, I was sitting. I watched this with my mum and with my brother. Um, and whenever we heard there was something Graham said and you can hear Joe laughing and we just looked at each other and we're like, that's Joe Grant. You know, you can, you know, there's more companions here. Um, so I was delighted um, with that. Absolutely brilliant that they got William Russell in. Um, really, really something that could easily, I think, not have happened, but I'm overjoyed that it did. And it was brilliant to see him again. Um, surprised and equally delighted to see Mel. Um, uh, as, you know, as far as you know, classic Doctor Who companions go, there's maybe none of them that have the star power that Bonnie Langford does, certainly in the UK. So proper and right that she was included and in there, and and can't wait to see how big finish, or can't wait to hear how big finish uh, tie up that loose end get it from where she is currently to uh uh where we you know we, we now know she ends up um yeah it just ties in with the whole love letter to the past thing and 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 works really really well just a, a nice final parting surprise after so many brilliant little scenes and surprises it was it was a really nice sort of thing to end on just a just that brief scene 
And uh, I've, I've seen some people on Twitter point out that there was a chair left empty um, and there was something on it that looked like a photograph or a tablet or something like that. So I think a lot of people have gone, oh, that's Sarah Jane's chair. They've left a chair for her, um, which is such a lovely idea, such a lovely thought. Um, but yeah, beautiful scene and a really nice way to just sort of wrap up the episode. And, it, you know, it, the episode was as much about what is it to be a companion to the Doctor as it was about being the Doctor and generating the Doctor and all that kind of thing. So next bit to talk about then uh, would be the regeneration itself. We have that lovely scene with all the companions that kind of cut in and out of Jodie's final speech, but then after that she leaves the TARDIS, walks onto a cliff top and regenerates um, into David Tennant, which obviously we, we knew David Tennant was coming back. We know that uh, David Tennant has been filming. There have been all sorts of bonkers set reports and that kind of thing, which um, just, just to drop a, a really big spoiler warning, we might actually talk about those. We're going to try not to, but we might mention them. So just be aware that we may be spoiling things that have been spotted that will happen in the future here. Um, but yeah, David Tennant is is the Doctor, the current Doctor, uh, which feels quite strange to say. Um, but yeah, talk, talk to us about the regeneration, Jimmy. I think it was very cheeky afterwards in the titles, in the credit sequence. They actually said, introducing David Tennant as if he was a brand new actor that had never been in it before. And I thought that was... I mean, it's just the titles, but it, I thought that was just a hilarious little joke if it was intended as a joke. Um, I think it's great to have him back. I, he's not one of my favourite Doctors personally, but I, he's one of the best actors to have played Doctor. I'm a bit less fond of the character side, but he's a brilliant actor and it would be great to have him back. I think it's a shame we didn't get to see, apart from in the little um, preview clip afterwards any of Shooty. I would have liked to have seen him get his start and um but obviously we don't know what's going to happen whether he'll eventually be 14 and Tennant will be gone or whether he will be 15 as some reports are saying but either way I'm looking forward to him a lot and um yeah other than that I think um I loved the line about these teeth are familiar and just I mean calling back not just to Tennant's first full story, The Christmas Invasion, but calling back to that little five-minute children in need clip of, oh, new teeth, that's weird. I mean, just to call back, you know, 20 years on, Millie, and <laughs> the line just becomes relevant again. I think that's such a clever little thing. Um, interesting to see that the Doctor's clothes regenerated because, of course, that did happen because obviously they didn't know how things would work in the future. That happened way back when Hartnell turned into Troughton, but it hasn't really happened since. And so that was an interesting little oddity and I'm interested to see whether that gets explained or whether it's just hand-waved away. It is a shame, as I would have liked to have seen Tennant trying to fit into Jodie's costume and how that would have looked on him. That would have been quite funny, but shame we missed out on that. Um, other than that, yeah, it was brilliant regeneration. My only other disappointment is... I wish that Yaz had still got to be there. It felt a bit quick and off-handed the way it was like, right, um, I'm going off to regenerate, see you later, and she didn't really get to see it. I think it would have been a better end to her journey if she maybe had something like, 
I don't think I can bear to see you change. I'm going or something just to make it be, you know, her own choice rather than her sort of being forced away. It felt like a disappointing end to Yaz's journey. But that, as I said, that's just a quibble. I love the story and I think most of it was brilliant. But, yeah, that's one little thing that I wish they had handled a little bit differently personally. Yeah, it, it did seem a little bit odd to just kind of go, right, I'm regenerating, so I'm going to drop you off at home now. Bye. Um, but it, it's the, the episode had a lot to do. And if, if that's the one thing, the one big thing it didn't get quite right, then so be it. Um, and may, well, well, I'm assuming we'll hear from Yaz again at Big Finish, but you know, we could we could end up meeting Yaz again in the future. We never know. And she got sort of linked up with all uh, all these other past companions, and she had that yeah, the Doctor's fine moment right at the end. So it's um, it, it's it's open for her return should it happen. And I'm glad they've done that. I'm glad they've not gone with the obvious kill her or wipe her memory or anything like that she just had a i guess the doctor just went i need to move on now so off you pop um could have been better but it's 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 not the most unsatisfactory companion ending ever um it's not dodo being sent off to the country halfway through the war machines or anything like that um connor what were your thoughts on the regeneration scene I think as far as the regeneration scene itself, and or, or maybe as, as far as Jodie Whittaker's last moments as the Doctor go, um, possibly one of my favourites. Um, I thought it was handled perfectly, really, and 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 you know where she she steps out of the TARDIS, she goes to see her last sunset, and she greets the regeneration with positivity and hope and anticipation for her, you know, her own future. Um, I, I certainly appreciated that after, you know, I've had a couple of regenerations where the Doctor has sort of regretted or not wanted to change. It's nice to, you know, have that change where it's accepted and 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 she's quite joyful about it. I think it fits perfectly with her character. Um, her last line, you know, Doctor, whoever I'm about to be, tag, you're it. Is, is brilliant in its simplicity it's 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 it, it sort of harks back to you know her regenerating in twice upon a time and her first line oh brilliant was 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 just perfect it said all it needed to i i, I liked that at the time and i like that we have something in that vein at the very end where it fits with her and who she has been and it, they have just found the right words for her at the end. I, I, I really, really appreciated that. It looked gorgeous. Um, I really, really loved uh, the, the regeneration effect at the very end. Um, and yeah, you know, we end up with David Tennant, which appeals to me because I grew up with David Tennant. I'm still maybe not 100% convinced that it's the right move. I think I'm probably going to reserve judgment on you know until I've seen the 60th anniversary uh, because as delighted as I am to see him back uh, my my gut instinct is that we shouldn't go back to previous doctors in the regeneration cycle I'm always happy to see them back on screen but maybe less so where we're going to have now two David Tennant's in the in the lineup but I I'm, I I don't want to you know be held to any criticism 
any criticism of that, sorry, until I've seen the 60th anniversary, so I'm not going to say anything more about that until November next year. Um, yeah, I, I really, really liked the regeneration. I thought it worked really, really well. Yeah, it, it was, I mean, it, it was beautifully shot. It's the most beautifully shot regeneration we've had, and finally one outside of the TARDIS for the first time in, is it the first, it's first time since Legopolis? Oh, no, Night of the Doctor. Uh, Night of the Doctor was outside the TARDIS, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, it, it, it was just so beautiful. And it, it's, you know, the regeneration effect that they've run with since 2005, which is near enough unchanged. Um, it, it, it does look absolutely brilliant. And it did look brilliant sort of against that sunrise and where it was. And it, it, it's nice that they sort of made it particularly memorable and cinematic. And it also meant that you had a, a great shot of David Tennant to start on for this second era, um, which which is interesting. It's an interesting concept. Um, but yeah, absolutely great scene. And I loved how, as I've said already, the companion scene kind of built up to it. And then, then we got the regeneration itself. So yeah, really well done, really well put together. Um, okay, let's... Let's use the C word, canon. Um, it's obviously uh, slightly canon shattering, if if that's your thing. Um, you know, we had the whole Tegan hasn't seen the Doctor for 40 years, or 38 years, uh, despite the fact that Big Finish have done the gathering. Uh, what is a little easier to kind of um, to kind of put together, though, is aces i've not seen him for 30 years because ace ace went to gallifrey and got her memories wiped by braxia tell during the time war and plonked back on earth and all that kind of thing so i think it's a lot easier to sort of squint and go yeah nothing's changed for ace um but tegan the gathering and all the other various bits of canon as well as we've already mentioned Ace, um sorry mel is now back on earth uh, which isn't where we left her. So, how how does uh, how does everything fit into your canon now, Jimmy? Well, for Mel, we obviously haven't seen how she ends up leaving the Doctor the second time. So, Big Finish have got the opportunity; they can have her get back to Earth. Uh, there's no real uh, conflict there that I see. Tegan's a bit more difficult. Personally, I'm going to head canon that. that um, well, last time we saw her in the Gathering, she was. You know, she was basically dying. She had cancer and she didn't want to operate. She thought she had months to live and yet she's still alive, you know, 15 years later. So I'm I'm going to say she she was all, oh, I don't want to get healed in some alien hospital. I like to think the doctor popped back and came with Nissa and like, what if it was this alien doctor that you trust? And so I like to think that, yeah, he got her cured and maybe that caused her to forget the meeting somehow and that's how she thinks she hasn't seen him and she's still alive. So that's my personal little wrangling for that scene. It's a bit tougher with Ace, I find. Um, not so much the uh, 30 years because Ace has so many conflicting endings and alternate versions, you know, dying in Ground Zero, the comic, becoming the space warrior in, you know, um, the new adventures and, of course, there are stories with Hex and Mel and on Gallifrey in the audios. So there's so many different opportunities and endings there that 
you can sort of ignore or take whichever one you want and that sort of works. For me, the conflict with Ace was more in two other areas in the episode. The first one, when she says about the master, the last time I saw you, you were half cat. And, of course, that refers to survival. But, of course, she met him in dust breeding since then. So that's a bit of a problem. So, personally, I'm calling right now on Big Finish. You need to make a survival sequel, bring in... um, What's his name? John Coulshaw is Ainley. Do a survival sequel, have her meet the master out of order and deal with both of them having been cheater people. I mean, they never properly really did anything with that after survival. So, yeah, do a, do a story set after Dust Breeding where she meets the Ainley master as a cheater again. It'll so well, do it. You've got to do it. We need that story now. It's It's been decreed by the television. You have to do it, big finish. Sorry, no choice. <laughs> Um, but the other one was the line about um, Yaz and piloting the TARDIS and how she never got to do that. And that's a lot harder to resolve because, of course, we know we've seen the audios where she does pilot it. So the, the ways I'm trying to look around at the moment are I'll have to rewatch the story to be sure. But I think um, if you take it that she's saying she never got to pilot the TARDIS alone like Yaz because I think all the times she did it in the audios, the seventh doctor was there. And like, even if he wasn't piloting, he was, you know, offering encouragement or telling her what to do. So I think you can just about squint around it if you use that excuse. But yeah, other than those two little quibbles with Ace, I think they most, and of course, with what happened with Tegan, I think mostly they did a pretty good job of not ignoring or they didn't really reference the audios, but they didn't really ignore them either. And so I think they handled it pretty well, but yeah, there's always going to be quibbles, but there's always a solution if you look hard enough and try hard enough. And if there isn't one, make one up. I mean, Doctor Who's canon's like that. <laughs> yeah, make up your own your own way around it. Like I say, with Ace, I'm just dismissing it all as well. She had a memory wipe. She was messed around with uh, during the Time War. It's Time War and Braxy itself. They did it. And that kind of just crosses everything off the list. I like your Tegan theory, though. That's a good one. Um, what about you, Connor? Talk to us about canon. I, I, I think I maybe have a slightly heretical view on canon where if I was ever going to sit down and write a Doctor Who story, I would hate to think or I would hate to be told, you can't do, okay, you want to do that, you can't do that because there's this short story or an audio book from 1990, whatever says something else. Um if you're if you're going to sit down in 2022 and write Doctor Who, I feel you should have the right to disregard whatever you like as long as it's not anything too major. Um, and yes, we as fans follow this along, um, you know, and have followed the audios and have followed what the characters have done and know in intimate detail what you know stories you know, someone flew the TARDIS in or, 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 you know, how many husbands Tegan has had or something like that. Um, when you're writing for, a, or, you know, when, when, when Chris Chibnall is writing for a major audience, um, even if he's only writing for Doctor Who fans, he maybe does sort of, again, maybe it's, it's not a duty, but I can understand him wanting to stick to the major, more famous beats that people know rather than, making sure he's fitted in with every single appearance in, in whatever medium. Um, so I can understand him, you know, having Ace, you know, only remember her, her only remembering survival um, as far as the master goes. 
Um, yes, I as a fan would have loved if they had mentioned Hex or or um, you know Mark or you know some big finish adventure, but it's not strictly necessary. And we always have the we always have the time war as a very convenient excuse as for why things aren't exactly as you know we as 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 fans would like them to be. Um, so it didn't bother me too much. Um, I, I I actually quite liked. Tegan's new backstory, um, where she has sort of travelled the world and and you know got involved. Um, I I like that she has divorced every man she's ever met, <laughs> um, and I like that you know she adopted a son along the way. Um, I would I would actually love him to turn up at some point in a big finish. I I would really love at some point if big finish retooled their unit range to have Tegan and Ace appear, um, in the wake of this. Um, so yeah, I quite liked it. I don't think there was anything that bothered me too much, um, and I'm I'm quite content with the way things worked out. Yeah, I think I'm I'm in a sort of similar school of thought to you, really. Where uh, ultimately, as fans, we're always going to piece it together in any way we want or don't want, and figure it out that way. And I think yeah, you're right. We there's a lot that can be taken away from this that big finish can work with and. You know stuff that can be developed, and that's that's probably a better thing to focus on than how do we how do we square it up with this audio drama from two thousand and seven or whatever it was. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it, it's nothing's been shattered. I don't think I don't think there've been, there's been huge chunks of the universe that have been ripped away uh, by any of this, and I think it's everything that was in there was sort of nicely vague enough. For, for people to uh, work around if that's what they want to do. Um, so, obviously, we've said goodbye to Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. Uh, it's She's been in the role for quite a long time, actually. I think in terms of days, is she now the second longest running Doctor? Uh, maybe. I think she might have just passed John Pertwee's record for the number of days in the role. Still, nobody's got anywhere near Tom Baker, um, but Jodie as the Doctor, it's it's been a it's been an interesting era. It's been a different era. Um, I've quite liked her in the role. I think she's sort of uh, she's played it quite well. She's definitely brought her own stuff to the table. Um, a lot of people have sort of criticised and gone, "Oh, she's just a David Tennant clone." But no, I think she's been particularly different to that, and I think she's been a very optimistic doctor which is something we've not really seen for a while um every regeneration beforehand has in some way shape or form been affected by time war fallout right back to eccleston so yeah having this more upbeat optimistic doctor i've quite liked and i think even her final scene she was still we still had that optimism uh, and i thoroughly enjoyed that so just take a moment jimmy to reflect on the Jodie Whittaker era. I think she's been really amazing and I think she's been sometimes underserved by the material a bit. She's had some amazing highs, but she's also had some episodes that were not quite so great. And I think she's she's better than a lot of people give her credit for, I think, definitely. And the optimism is a definite good point about her. I especially love, like Connor was saying earlier, about her final line being, tag, you're it. And, I mean, that just the joy of instead of all this, oh, I'm the Doctor and I'm not going to be me anymore and it's so sad, just not. 
Tag, your turn. She's happy. She's, I really love that moment particularly. And I think she's been a great doctor and I hope one day she'll do big finish because I would love to see her either expanded. I think like what happened with the fifth doctor and Nissa when they couldn't get Tegan at the time and that whole era between Tegan leaving and coming back, they really fleshed it out and they really developed that team. And so I would love them to do the same thing with the Doctor and Yaz, have a lot of stories after the fam, Graham and Ryan are gone and before Dan arrives and really flesh that dynamic out. I think that's something I'm definitely looking forward to in the future because Jodie seems so passionate about the role. I think it's inevitable she'll do big finish eventually, maybe not anytime soon, but it's going to happen. And I'm really looking forward to it when it, do- when it does happen because, yeah, she is such a great Doctor and so underrated. I have really, really, I've, I've ended up really, really liking Jodie Whittaker um, as the Doctor and as the lead of Doctor Who. She has been a brilliant ambassador for the show. Her enthusiasm, I think, has been fantastic. She has been, she, she has, for the last, what is it, five years, she has thrown herself wholeheartedly into Doctor Who and has... She's really just, I know she, she wasn't a fan or anything, I think she's, she, she has said often enough she wasn't a fan before she joined, but she has rolled up her sleeve, she has mucked in and and been, I think, really, really, I, 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 I really, really appreciate everything that she has brought and everything she has done. Um, as far as her era goes, I, I, I'm, I don't think I'll call it a favourite. Um, certainly in terms of story and, and whatnot, I've maybe found it lacking at times. And certainly I think, I, I, again, I find it hard. To, I, I, it's not something I, I, I feel easy criticising because um, when you have the keys to Doctor Who, it's absolutely your right to do whatever you like with it. You know, I, it's very easy for me as a fan to sit here and criticise. Um, but, you know, these are you know, seasoned professionals working on it. Um, just because it's not what I particularly like doesn't mean it's not good. Um, but it's, it's I, 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 I always think I maybe love her as the Doctor and, and some of her companions more than I have loved watching the show over the last few years. But I am really, really hoping that sooner or later they'll come to Big Finish or we'll get novels or other stuff with them. Um, Jodie Whittaker has said in Doctor Who magazine that she's been on the phone to Russell T Davies at every opportunity saying that she wants to be back. Um, there's no such thing, you know, as, as um, you know, her not being away long enough in her mind. She wants to come back. Um, and I really hope she does. I hope she's welcome back with open arms because she absolutely deserves it. She has been brilliant. She's been fantastic. I think John Dorney's joked on Twitter that uh, at a convention at some point he'll be there with a bottle of whiskey and a contract to get her, get her signed up to Big Finish. <laughs> I really <laughs> hope so. I really, really hope so. And I, I, I'm looking forward to that. I will be all over the 13th Doctor Adventures uh, as and when they do happen. Uh, look forward to that. It's good. I have enjoyed the Jodie era. I think it's been... It's been nicely different. It has been the breath of fresh air. Um, it's been ambitious. It's done big things. It's been confident in what it's done. It's it has sort of torn up, you know, what established law inverted commas, um, and it's kind of just constantly gone. Yeah, I don't care. That's what we're doing. It's 
I think, you know, a lot of people sort of look at showrunners as custodians of the series. They're taking care of it. They're looking after it. That's not the way it works at all. The showrunner is in charge of the series and they can take it in any direction they want. And it's completely their right to do that. And I'm really, really glad that sort of the Chibnall era hasn't pulled any punches at all. Um, and I think Jodie has been an absolutely fantastic doctor to take it, take Doctor Who into new, weird, wonderful territory. Um, and it, it's overall, I think it's been a success. I think that as an era, it's going to be sort of uh, reflected on and re-reflected on in a few years' time. Uh, but I think ultimately people are going to look back and generally enjoy it. And I hope so. I absolutely hope that's how it's remembered. So we shall leave it there. But it's been absolutely great talking about the power of the Doctor with you guys. Uh, we'll, I'm sure, talk more about it in the not too distant future. Uh, but for now, I will say thank you and goodbye to Connor. Thank you very much. And I will say thank you and goodbye to Jimmy. Thanks. It's been a pleasure. And we shall be back for more podcasting soon. Goodbye now.